Welcome to The Hold Room with ACC, a quick update on all things relating to airport development as well as the Airport Consultants Council. This episode is part of a new passenger experience series hosted by ACC's Terminal and Facilities Committee. In this series, we are collecting the experiences and perspectives of different types of users of the airport passenger terminal including business travelers, leisure travelers, airport executives, airport, airline, TSA, and concession staff, and airport consultant staff, to name a few. For more information on this series and the hosts, go back and give the first episode a listen to. In the hold room today with Max and Neil is Steve Ogo. Listen to what Steve has to say about how the pandemic has affected the concession industry and what additional changes lie ahead. Hi everyone, welcome back to The Hold Room. We've got Steve Ogo here. So welcome to The Hold Room, Steve. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Thank you, glad to be here. I am from Midway Partnership, which oversees the development and operation of the concessions program in Midway Airport in Chicago, Illinois. Awesome, so first question that we have for you is how has the pandemic affected you, either in your job or in your travel experience? It's definitely impacted us within our job here in the airport world. Travel came to an immediate stop and a concession program within an airport that's pretty heavily affected by the number of passengers coming through the building. So a lot of pivoting and trying to figure out how to make sure that everybody can stay in business happened early on and then adapting to new operations as we learned more about the pandemic and how it spread changed how we actually operated restaurant and retail units as well. So I would say the entire job really changed overnight. What were some of the key changes that you saw? Early on, when travel really slowed down significantly, restaurants and retail units were trying to figure out what they needed to do to survive and figure out how long this was going to go on. So early on, it was meeting with leaders of the businesses to try to figure out how we can best support them make sure that their business stays viable and that they're here for the long run, which is important to us. As the pandemic went on and we learned how to operate within some new operational processes and procedures and things like that, where social distancing became important and spacing people out differently and self-serve became something that you didn't do anymore, we helped them adapt the business and work with the local governing officials and things like that to make sure that things went smoothly. And now in the present time, labor is a pretty significant issue for us and trying to find enough people to work in the airport and travel is coming back rapidly. And we know that we need to get our units open quicker and with more hours of operation and working side by side with both the city of Chicago and with the operators to try to provide the best travel experience possible in the airport while we navigate this is really our key focus right now. Can you explain to me Who's immediately responsible for the actions at ground level? So like, let's say if a worker at one of the restaurants isn't being particularly cautious with social distancing and things like that, does that reach you or do you rent out the space to franchisees? And it's kind of their problem. Where does that responsibility lie? Yeah, so I guess the disclaimer is it's going to be probably different in every airport. 
for Midway, the way that our concession agreement is set up, the city is our client and we sublease space to the operators through a couple of different vehicles. As a result, the first point of contact is going to be the operator themselves, making sure that they're holding themselves compliant to whatever guidance or regulations were put in place. So things like face masks, making sure everybody's wearing it properly. First point of contact is the operator. If the operator is being negligent, then that would land on my team's plate. It is our responsibility to make sure that concessions program as a whole is compliant in every aspect of the business. And overall, how did you find the operators adapting to the new normal or whatever you want to call it in the COVID world? From an optics standpoint and just following safety procedures, they adapted very, very quickly because everybody wants to provide a safe work environment. They understand if passengers feel safe, they're going to be more likely to buy. So they did a really good job adapting as CDC and WHO and everyone else updated their guidelines throughout the course of the pandemic. And I would say the bigger challenges were trying to assess, particularly early on, how long was this going to last? You know, in March of 2020, there was a point in time where we thought, okay, this is probably a few weeks and we'll figure it out and operate in a new way. And as weeks turned into months, it became pretty clear that more substantial strategies needed to be put in place to make sure they could run as efficiently as possible. So I think that's where it started to get a little bit more complicated. I'm curious as well, did you encounter any issues with supply chain? Yeah, early on, it was absolutely about trying to figure out how we could get enough sanitizer, where we needed to place it for the traveling public, as well as the employee base. We were working hand in hand across all the operations in the airport. So all the vendors were struggling with that. And we got together on phone calls with key stakeholders and with the city to try to determine how to share resources and make sure that across the airport, everyone was taken care of and was able to comply with whatever the guidelines were at the time. So that was definitely a concern early on. And then as the business started to come back a little bit, we definitely had spots of production issues, whether it was in retail, where they had trouble, you know, boats were literally being held at port. So getting really creative with how to be in stock with the right items. And then with food and beverage, key products over time had different shortages. The way Midway is set up, we have a couple of organizations that we lean on pretty heavily with commissaries and things like that, that helped us get through that a little bit more smoothly than if it was just an individual business trying to figure it out, but definitely had challenges throughout the way. You talked about how a lot of the concessionaires developed strategies to adapt to the new regulations or to the evolving conditions. Do you think any of these strategies are going to stick once a lot of this recedes? I think some of the customer facing things will stick. So things like touchless pay, QR codes. I mean, you saw those blow up everywhere. Uh, A lot of uses for those. I think some of that technology is going to stay. We actually have a store called Hudson Nonstop that leverages Amazon Go technology. That was something that got fast tracked through this process and it was already underway. But customers can enter with a credit card, they pick what they want, and they just literally leave the store and they're automatically charged. No spatial interaction with employees. So employees' jobs are kind of shifted to more value-added activities, which helps the customer experience as well. So I think there's going to be some things like that that not only stick around, but probably we'll see some good traction on that. Pre-pandemic, some of those things were having trouble getting traction. I think something like the Amazon Go technology would have happened regardless, but things like QR code, wayfinding, 
being able to place an order on your phone and have it delivered to you. Some of those things in airports were ideas that were being explored pretty heavily, but were not making very much headway. During the pandemic, you saw at your gate and grab and some businesses like that really expand rapidly due to the need for that technology. In a lot of these interviews that I've been privy to as well, it seems like most of the changes that are sticking around are technology led. It seems to be that there is an overall caution around, well, we've implemented this technology now and now it's kind of an expectation as opposed to like a nice to have or a benefit of the airport. You mentioned like at various times there was shortages on various different items. Was that down to trends and what passengers were looking for was changing, like what items were selling, or was it just sheerly just down to supply and demand for those items? Yeah, it's probably a combination of those things. So early in the pandemic, as people began to travel again, there was still a resistance to getting in line and ordering food that was made for you. We definitely saw an impact to the quick serve or the sit down experience. Sit down experience virtually went away. Most restaurants adapted to a quick serve model, even in their sit down restaurants. Some of the shifts that restaurants had to make were in limiting their menus so that it was more efficient. They didn't need as many cooks to do it. Supply chain, obviously, those issues, being able to have a more limited menu helped with that as well. So some of those shifts kind of probably magnified that issue a little bit as well. The grab-and-go in convenience stores picked up tremendously. To your point, when you see a shift of the demand and product shifting, being able to keep up with that rise in demand with convenience stores, grab-and-go in many cases outpaced 2019 pre-pandemic levels during, I wouldn't say the height of the pandemic, but as it started coming back slowly and it was significantly off of 2019 travel volume, some of those products were actually outpacing pre-pandemic levels. That was definitely a driving force behind some of it, being able to rapidly change your mix. But we did have some key sourcing issues as well in some of the product, particularly on the retail side where orders were literally being held at port and they're working with inventory that's in their warehouse trying to distribute and figure out where it needs to go. I think there were some actual supply chain issues involved with that as well. So changing topics a little bit, If you could make one suggestion for improving the passenger experience, what would it be? Coming from an operations perspective, particularly focused on concessions, one of the things that we really try to focus on is about the passenger experience from when they leave their front door to when they get to the gate. And for us, it's challenging because we have to gather a lot of stakeholders together to try to make some of these changes or impacts, trying to figure out how do you make that journey as seamless as possible. In Midway, we're very fortunate that Southwest manages most of the traffic. So they're obviously very customer centric and they focus on that same journey. And within their app, they have the Lyft app so that you can easily get a car from your house to the airport. And then us partnering with them very closely allows them to have a relatively smooth journey once they get through security and things like that. But I think in terms of investing or innovation, things that are aimed at improving a seamless experience there are probably the most helpful in terms of the passenger experience. You know, it's it's a stressful experience. You know, is my Uber going to get me there in time? I have to go through security and you feel like you're being judged and searched. There's a lot of factors that add to anxiety when people travel. And we know that if we can lower that level of anxiety, give them a little bit more time to experience the airport, provide a good experience when they get to the airport, that whole experience can go much better. And it definitely helps in terms of gaining new customers and retaining the customers that you get. 
Where do you think there could be an opportunity to enter into that segment that doesn't even touch the airport, getting from the house to the front door of the terminal? Is there an opportunity there? One thing that we've put in place that we mentioned a little bit about previously is the ordering from your phone. So with this technology out there now where you can literally pull up all the menus from your phone, take a virtual walk around the airport to see what's there, place an order and either pick it up when you get there or have it delivered to you provides a lot of opportunity for some creativity there, I think. And so it's about figuring out how do we work with our stakeholders better to make sure that the customer knows about that option and that it's easy to use and fluid and that they get a great product at the end. So there's obviously some hurdles in there to make that actually happen. But I think in terms of the concession space, that's a pretty big opportunity that we can explore and do some new things with. I could very easily imagine like three hours before my departure, the Southwest app just pinging me saying, want to order your food now? And perhaps by that point, I haven't even left my house. So I think that's a great option for something like that into the future. Absolutely. Yeah. So many of our listeners are engineers, architects or planners who are involved in creating the shell space at an airport. Is there anything you can provide as feedback to these experts that might help you provide a better concessions experience to passengers? In terms of the shell space, the layout obviously tremendously affects the passenger experience. Little things like where the elevators are and the escalators and how easily it is to figure out where my journey goes through the building. Those are things that impact the experience quite a bit. And then beyond the shell, I guess, the way the interior of the building is laid out, to encourage dwell time. That's a big thing for the concession program in particular. For a concession program to provide a great experience to a customer, there has to be ways that naturally cause people to slow down a little bit, enjoy the space, provide enough space to create something that's unique and interesting to the customer. And that's where our part comes in to create that space within the building. But from the initial design, really thinking through how a customer would experience their path, I think is pretty important to the experience. And most concession programs were built pre 9-11 as well. So there's a lot of things security wise that have been put in place that make the space not work very well. So I just think there's a lot of current thinking that needs to probably go into how things are laid out. Is there any airports you've gone through recently? And I guess we should turn recently as the last two years at this point that you've gone through and you'd be like, we got to steal that. I want that for my airport. I'll make a plug, I guess. The company I work for is wrapping up a redevelopment over in LaGuardia, Terminal B. And I would say they've done a really nice job in terms of creating a space that people want to go to, that they can spend some time and enjoy. Everything from art features to how you navigate through the building and where things are located. They've put a lot of thought into that. And it's definitely modern time modern technology thinking in terms of the design. So a little selfish plug there, I suppose. I do believe we're going to see more and more things like that, though, as contracts are coming up and people are you know, looking to redesign airports. I know Kansas City is one of those that's doing a great job right now redesigning theirs. That was definitely a design that was pre a lot of things, including 9-11. It was state of the art at the time, I think, when it was developed, but it's due for a refresh for sure. The one thing that I find interesting about the group you work under, Steve, is that you're essentially a private organization. So you seem to be far more willing to take innovation chances than a lot of airports who are ultimately just responsible for the local transportation authority or the municipality or the city. And it's very challenging to get them to take that risk. So 
dealing with your group, what I've always enjoyed is your willingness to take a bit of a punt on a new technology. And I think that's probably served you very well during the pandemic. A lot of what drives that is that for private business, compliance is a huge part of the business, but that's not our focal point, right? Like that's a given. The compliance issues have to be handled, safety, lease issues, all of that kind of stuff. But with a public entity, that kind of takes the forefront. It's a defensive kind of stance where compliance kind of leads the charge. And as a group that is a landlord or a program manager, in most cases, we try to flip that upside down and make it more of a partnership. So instead of a tenant-landlord relationship, it's a business partnership where we want to, instead of compromise, where we view that as a bit of a lose for everybody, figure out how do we make it a win all the way around. To your point, Neil, I think that's where we get most of the great ideas and the wins. It aligns people a little bit more naturally than would normally be in a landlord-tenant situation. So Steve, you've already kind of covered most of this, but what does a positive passenger experience mean to you? I think a positive passenger experience is when they're walking through the airport, they also know where they're at. So for example, if you're in Nashville, I think they do a great job of making sure you know you're in Nashville and what does it stand for. We try to do that in Chicago with a taste of place with local restaurants and things that you'd find on the street side. So I think that's the additional component. So reducing stress is kind of a given. Helping them find where they need to go easily is also a given. But adding that extra piece of local flavor and experience, I think is really important for passengers, particularly now that leisure is really taking off. Yeah, that's certainly been something that's changed over the decades. Airports used to be described as basically non-places because they were all just so similar and carbon copies of each other, essentially. But post 9-11, where you have to spend a significant amount of time to get past security, and it's a commitment once you get past there, airports are really trying to make the airport a special experience for their passengers. Right, absolutely. Very good. All right. Well, Steve, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to join us on The Hold Room. We really appreciate having you here. Thank you for having me. It was a good time. Thanks for joining us in The Hold Room for this special podcast series exploring the new passenger experience. You can find more from this series on the ACC Training Hub. That's training.acconline.org backslash the dash hold dash room or wherever you get your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, etc. Follow us for more content from the Airport Consultants Council. You can support this podcast by leaving a rating or review and by telling your friends and colleagues about the podcast. Thanks again. Thanks again.